0: what's up everyone and welcome back to the game of thrones season here on cinematic reviews i'm your host chris and this is the show about all things movie and tv every week i get my thoughts and reactions to the newest releases beloved franchises like game of thrones and upcoming projects you can of course support the show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service, as well as following the show on all social media platforms, all the handles can be found on the Facebook page. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. It helps out the show a lot, and I really do appreciate all the love and support out there from everyone. Today, we continue our journey through Westeros with season two of Game of Thrones. I'll be covering episodes one through five, but first, let's kick things things off with some facts about this hit series. Season 2 consisted of 10 episodes, which aired on HBO from April 1st, 2012 to June 3rd, 2012. The map table at Dragonstone is actually a scale map of Westeros and is a favorite prop of the creators of the show. It is 16 and a half feet long and was designed to look like it was carved out of stone. Jewels and metal were inlaid so that the table could be lit up by flames in the dark environment. It's really, really cool. I love those shots of the table uh, during the nighttime. The dire wolves are real animals. Actors cannot shoot with real wolves for safety reasons. So all the backgrounds were shot with the actors and then the wolves were shot separately on a green screen stage and then added in later. Shells were placed all over the floor of the Iron Islands in order to give the audience the impression that the seas uh, are moving in. Uh, I love that set design. Uh, It's really cool how they made the Iron Islands come to life like that. The idols that were burned on the beach were made out of plaster designed to look like wood. Uh, The seven statues had multiple outlets which were connected to a pipe under the sand uh, so that they could keep burning throughout the night. And then Brienne's armor was designed to reflect her travels from tournament to tournament as opposed to the looking like a matching set like uh, a lot of people do uh, in the show. So it was really cool how her armor is kind of makes her stand out because she's not your typical, uh, uh, warrior in this series. So, and I have a lot to talk about Brienne when we get to that episode, but, uh, that's all the facts I could find for this first half of the season. Uh, let's get to my overall thoughts, uh, before the season breakdown. season two of game of thrones is freaking awesome uh everything from season one is taking up another couple of notches there's more violence more backstabbing more heartache and of course more fucking uh the starks are left picking up the pieces after ned's execution the lannisters are vicious bastards as usual daenerys is fighting for survival in a strange city and the night's watch is in some serious trouble uh beyond the wall everything is at stake in season two and things are only going to get more chaotic as the series goes on, uh, the Starks are willing to die for what is right, and I really respect that. Uh, they believe in family and honor. I freaking love that. I can relate a lot to them. On the opposite side of the spectrum, we have the Lannisters. They believe in power and legacy. They want to fuck Westeros into submission like the greedy bastards that they are. We're, we're also introduced to some awesome new characters like Brienne of Tarth and the Red Woman, a.k.a. Melisandre. Brienne is a badass who is loyal until the end. You know, Gwendolyn Christie is incredible in this role. Uh, uh, she'll be one of my favorite characters throughout this, not just this season, but the series as a whole. Um, then on the opposite, we have Karis Van H- uh, Houten. Uh, I think that's how you say it. uh is also incredible as the Red Woman, aka M- Melisandra. Uh, she's a mysterious beauty that has her claws really sticked into stannis baratheon Um, i'm not a huge fan of the Stannis character but melisandra is a character that i'm always excited to see pop up throughout this series the night is dark and full of terror and i would gladly go into the dark with the beautiful melisandra this is my fourth time uh watching the series uh the series uh all the way through so i'm still blown away by it the set pieces are breathtaking the cast is phenomenal and the story stays with you forever It's freaking incredible. I absolutely love this show. It's definitely in my top five favorite shows of all time. Uh, So I'm really excited to uh, get to season two and beyond. So let's take a quick break before getting into the season breakdown. You can support and follow the show on TikTok and Instagram at Cinematic Reviews Pod, on Twitter at CR Reviews Pod, and on Facebook at Cinematic Reviews. Join the ever-growing uh, fan base of Cinematic Reviews on social media today. So, episode one, The North Remembers. Uh, we have standout scenes, favorite quotes, favorite character, and then least favorite character, and then any negatives or burning questions that I have. So, starting off with the standout scenes, the opening sequence uh, on Jeff- Joffrey's name day is incredible. We have the Hound doing his little duel first, and then we have the drunken or the hungover fool uh who gets drowned by the wine. This this sequence is incredible. It really shows you how of a bastard Joffrey is, even on his name day. You know, everything he like just kicks everything up a notch because it's his name day. Uh, not just because he's a king, but he thinks he's entitled to everything that he gets. And Jack Gleeson is so good uh as his character. Uh it's unfortunate that he kind of got uh, shunned out of uh Hollywood because of the backlash from the fans, but he is such a great actor. And and I love him in this scene because he's so menacing and such a giant bastard uh, on his name day. So, and I mean, that shot of the fool, uh, throwing up all that wine was incredible. Uh, it's just a great way to open up, not just this episode, but this, this second season. So gotta be in my standout scenes. Uh, next we have John at Craster's keep. Uh, this is the, little hut uh, beyond the wall that's kind of a pit stop for the the Rangers of the Night's Watch when they're on their patrols. Um, right off the bat, you can tell that there's something off with this Craster guy. And, uh, lo and behold, it's far worse than you can imagine. Uh, not only does he have multiple wives, but he is married to his daughters. He will marry a daughter, have a kid. When that daughter grows up, he will marry that one as well, and then so on and so forth. It's just... This Craster character is so fucked up and probably one of my least favorite characters in this entire sh- series because it this s- whole situation is fucked. It's, it's terrible what this guy is doing. Um, so it's got to be in my standout scenes here just because of the whole mind-blowing fuckery that's going on at Craster's Keep. Then we have Stannis and the Flaming Sword. Uh, this is where we're first introduced to Stannis' side uh, along with Davos to Onion Thief who I absolutely love, and then, of course, the Red Woman, a.k.a. Melisandre, who is kind of this beaking of, or well, she's kind of a witch, but she's kind of a beaking of the Lord of Light, which is the one true god versus the uh, all the gods uh, now and past that most of Astros uh, worship, but she's kind of bringing in this one true god. Uh, I know a lot of people, when this show was airing, kind of, kind of connected it to Christianity with their belief in the one true God. So, I mean, you could kind of, I don't know if that's necessarily what they were going for, but, uh, it's kind of what it appears to be. You know, these are kind of the, she's kind of like the quote unquote Christianity side of, of this world versus like the palean uh, the pagans who believed in multiple, multiple gods, uh, like the rest of Rustros does. So aside from that, uh, really awesome set piece with the statues and the and the flaming sword um i had a little issue with this uh i mean sometimes with these night sequences it, the cinematography is not perfect uh i know like when season seven season eight come along we have really huge problems uh with the night sequences in those seasons but aside from that love this love this uh the set piece here on the beach, uh, really, really awesome way to introduce Stannis and his whole side of the of the war. Then we have the Gold Cloaks killing off of Robert's bastards. Uh, this is a really fucked up sequence. Uh, we have kids getting drowned, we have babies uh getting thrown from the wall, their throats are slit. I mean, we get that scene in Baelish's uh brothel where the gold cloaks are coming in and they slit that baby's throat in front of everybody. It's so fucked. Uh Another reason to just absolutely hate the Joffrey character because of this brutality that he's putting on uh, King's Landing's children. So really fucked up sequence there. And then the last one I have is Brand's dreams. This is where we're introduced to the idea of warging, which is the ability to kind of uh, put your consciousness into another being. Um, so he's able to kind of roam, Around Winterfell, with uh, with inside his direwolf, uh, eventually we'll get to him controlling Hodor and other creatures of that nature. So this was a really cool way to set up this whole uh, warging and three eye raven, uh, subplot for the brand character. His favorite quotes, um, I have a couple here. Death is so boring. This is from Tyrion. Um, he's got probably all my favorite quotes, uh, in this. Uh, in this series so he's got to be in there um that comment means one thing boy dragons uh i don't remember her name but she is the wildling that rob kind of uh brought to winterfell and turned into a servant um i'm gonna have to research her name uh because i'll have a few things to talk about her throughout the season but uh another great line there um that shot of the red comet across the sky uh is is really breathtaking i love how they how they designed that we get to see that in winterfell we see that in king's landing we see that all the way uh to where daenerys is across the ne- across the sea uh just a beautiful shot of that red comet going through the sky uh for the night is dark and full of terror this is probably one of the most popular quotes from the series this is from Melisandra. this is kind of like her catchphrase um other than like the lord of light will f- will f- show you the way or something along those lines but for the night is dark and full of terror. I mean, I when when I first saw this season, I was quoting that thing all the time, you know. And I still do today. It's such a great, great uh line from the series. And then the last quote that I had that kind of stood out to me during this episode, uh, Knowledge is power. Uh, this is from Littlefinger, and then Cersei replies, power is power. Uh, we get that awesome shot of her kind of displaying what kind of power she has in front of Bayless where she's ordering the Lannister guards to do whatever she says. So I really love that, uh, that little mental battle between her and Littlefinger on, on their definition of what is power. You know, we have the side of Littlefinger who thinks knowledge and and knowing things is what's going to win him the iron throne. Whereas Cersei is like, no power is how you get power. Um, And let me show that to you. And she does. And just a great little scene, a little cool back and forth there. So definitely in my favorite quotes of the episode. Moving on to the favorite character, um, this has gotta be Rob Stark. Uh I love him. Uh he is really, really uh awesome in taking over the family uh as uh um after the death of Ned. Uh just Madden is so good in the Rob Stark role and uh and it's a shame that he doesn't survive this series, but I'm going to, I enjoy every episode that he is in until his untimely death. So got to be in my favorite. I I love everything that he does in this episode. Then we get to the least favorite character, which no surprise there is Joffrey Baratheon. You know, he's killing babies. He's uh, drowning people with wine. He's just a vicious bastard and just my least favorite character of this episode and probably this show. So moving on to episode two. So episode two is titled The Night lands, uh standout scenes. Uh we have the horse bringing back uh Rocco's head. Um this is a very, very uh awesome scene here where we get the horse uh riding back through the desert with all the red paint over it, and then we have the little satchel hanging on the side of leaking of blood, um showing that this was his head. Um this is a really awesome scene where it's kind of showing us that Daenerys is really in trouble. Um, they're lost, they're lost in this desert. Um, hundreds and hundreds of miles. There's nothing. So she sends out three of her, uh, most trusted people in different directions to find a uh, safe haven. Um, he is the first to come back and it's not looking good for Daenerys. Uh, eventually we get, um, I don't remember his name, but he talks about Karth um, and the the people that are welcome to invite them into their their city. So there is some silver lining there for Daenerys, but this, this shot here of the horse bringing back the head was, was awesome. It's It still stands out to me uh, after four-week watches. Uh, next, we have Tyrion firing the Lord Commander of the Gold Clerks. Uh, I love this. Uh, Tyrion is just not taking anyone's shit anymore. Especially the Lord Commander of the Gold Cloaks. Um, eventually, he'll come back. Uh, he gets sent up to the uh, to the Night's Watch, so he'll make a return uh, later on in the series. But uh, I love this. I love how Tyrion is just has no fucks to give. He's he's tra- actually trying to do a, a good job as Hand of the King, and he starts off by firing this piece of shit uh, Lord Commander. So awesome, awesome scene there. And we have Theon speaking to his father at the Iron Islands. Um, I love this. I love the design of the Iron Islands. I love how uh, the costumes and all that. You can really tell uh, when we jump from place to place the the culture of each family, and and you can kind of recognize little little details of uh, of, of the clothing, of their houses, of of the land itself. So really, really cool to see this other part of Westeros uh, that's really embrace the sea as part of their, their heritage uh, or their house. So awesome scene there. Then we have Stannis fucking the red woman in the war room. Uh, the only reason I put this down was because it's kind of baffling that um, Stannis. you really do not like the Stannis character. He's cheats on his wife. He's kind of thinking with his dick instead of his brain. And it's, and it's really, and I put that down there because of that, because I really wanted to show how I do not like the Stannis character in this scene. I mean, Melisandre is beautiful, so, of course, that scene sticks with me as well. But this is really showing how unlikable this character is. So that's that's why this really stands out to me. And then the last one I have is Jon discovering Craster's secret. So this is uh, where we find out that Craster is essentially sacrificing the sons Uh, that are born from his daughters because he only wants daughters so that he can keep marrying and producing more wives uh turns out that he is sacrificing the uh the sons to the white walkers in order to uh kind of keep his encampment safe from them invading and killing all of him and his wives so really really fucked up scene there um and, of course, being John being the most honorable of the Night's Watch is kind of like, hey, this is fucked up. We need to stop this. And we get that whole back and forth between him and the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, Mormont, who is like, hey, I know it's fucked up, but we have to we have to obey him under his roof because we need this spot for our Rangers to survive the winter. So really fucked up scene there. Uh, favorite quotes. Friends are an important part of life. Uh this is from ferris talking to Tyrion. Um I love this quote cuz we can all relate to this, you know. Friends are very very important in our lives. Um makes us who we are and it's just a great great line, especially coming from Varys who uh is kind of a character that you don't really know if you can trust all the time, but he seems friendly enough to kind of have a, in, in your life or and help you out. I guess uh so great line from Varys. Uh this one from Tyrion Dwarf, you should have stopped at imp. This is where he's firing the lord commander and he's kind of just firing off on all cylinders and just like wow, you really are a dumb shit. You know, you're you definitely fired after this. So great great response from Tyrion there. Then we have from the Greyjoys, what is dead may never die. This is their house motto. Uh just like the Starks is winter is coming. Uh not a big fan of the Greyjoys, but that's a pretty baller uh, house model there. Another one from Tyrion. She was my mother, too. I love this line because Cersei and the rest of the Lannisters do not hate, do not like Tyrion. Uh, probably aside from Jamie. I think Jamie's the only one that's ever shown Tyrion any kind of compassion. But uh, we always forget that Tyrion has the same mother as Cersei and Jamie, you know. Um, and he really feels the burden of him being not really the the reason, but kind of an indirect reason of their mother's passing. So um, it's really cool to see his his side of the story because a lot of times, most of this of throughout the season and series, we uh, we get Cersei and Tyrone who are like just shitting on Tyrion because they blame him for uh, their the mom's death but uh we have Tyrion coming back like hey she was my mom too I miss her too um it's not there was nothing I could do I was a baby um shit happens you know and and it's cool to see this this side of Tyrion uh which is another reason why he's one of my favorite characters of this show and then we have I'm not going to rape her I'm going to fuck her this is from Davos's pirate friend. He shows up, I don't remember his name, but he shows up a few times throughout this series. Um, I love this quote because he's just not holding back. He doesn't give a fuck about anything. You know, he's a pirate. He's going to take what he wants. Um, and it's really showing you, um, in this world, the men's perspective on uh, on sex and all that. So, in his mind, uh, it's not rape. It's fucking her. But it's not like Cersei is going to let this guy fuck her. So it actually would be rape. But in this guy's mind, it's not rape because he is so good and so charming that she's just going to let him fuck her. Which we all know Cersei only has eyes for one guy and that is her brother Jamie. So really this line always sticks out to me because of the showing the, the mental status of most of the men in this world. Then we have favorite character. This is, of course, Tyrion Lannister. I love Tyrion in this episode. He's he's just firing on all cylinders. He's and I love that he fires this piece of shit Lord Commander uh, and sends him pack into the Night's Watch. So, and then we get that touching moment between him and Cersei uh, about their mother and showing his compassion and his his wanting to to feel love in the family. So Tyrion has got to be my favorite in this episode. And then on the opposite side, we have least favorite character. This has got to be Theon Greyjoy. I mean, the guy straight up betrays the Starks, even though he grew up as one of them and just starts following his dad again. So, And I never really cared for Theon. Uh, Going forward, he's definitely in my least favorite characters of the series. He kind of gets a redemption arc uh, in the last season, but really, really do not like this Theon character. And then I have some burning questions here from this episode. Uh, the first one I have is, how did Theon not know that that was his sister? So that whole scene is really fucked as well. Uh, he arrives to the islands, uh, and then he gets a, he hitches a ride from this woman who shows up at the at the docks. Uh, turns out it was his sister the whole time. Um, we get that shot of him basically finger-banging her uh, on the horse while they ride up to the to pike. Um just how the fuck did he not know that was his sister? I mean, he explains that when he left, she was fat and young, but like, that's your sister. You should still fucking recognize that's your sister. So that always baffles me. That that they wrote that in there like that. Like, no. Like if that was my sister, I would have fucking known that that was my sister because she's my sister. I know what my sister looks like. So just really bad writing there. Um, which is very surprising because most of the writing in this series is freaking phenomenal so uh, this scenes always t- kind of baffled me on on them putting this in there and writing it that way uh, so just a they could have just cut that out we didn't need that scene and then another one I have is why doesn't the Knights watch just kill Craster uh, I actually had this discussion at work with a couple of co-workers who are also huge fans of this show. Um, my argument is that they should have just killed Craster. I mean, they could have still kept his campsite as a as a hunker down point for the Rangers. We don't need Craster there. Um, yeah, you can make the argument that he's kind of holding off the White Walkers, but him giving the sons to the White Walkers is just making their army bigger. So eventually they're just going to say fuck it and invade that campsite. So what do you really have to lose? At least in this case, you can get rid of a piece of shit from this world. So I just don't understand why the Night's Watch just doesn't kill Craster and kind of make that a Night's Watch headquarters beyond the wall. Like, we don't need Craster there. They could send a couple guys to kind of maintain that campsite, uh, and we could also save a bunch of women from being uh, in that whole situation with him marrying his daughters and breeding more daughters daughters to marry. So just don't understand why they just don't kill Craster and make that a Night's Watch point. So moving on to Episode 3. So episode 3, uh, what is dead may never die. Standout scenes, we have Bran talking to the Maester about his dreams. I love this part because we really get to see uh, the bond that Bran and the Maester are forming uh, with the rest of the Starks gone from Winterfell. Um, I mean, this is I love the old idea of warging um, and the Maester's kind of like protecting Bran. You could tell that the Maester knows more than what he's saying and I love this because he's he in his mind he thinks he's pre- he's protecting Bran, um, and which I understand you know the maesters kind of become a surrogate father uh, since the passing of Ned. So really awesome scene between them talking about Bran's dreams and warging and what what does it all mean. So love love that scene. Then we have Bran of Tarth versus Sorloris of Highgarden. Um, Great, uh, great uh, choreography here between our little duel. Um, the fact that Brianne whoops this guy's ass is incredible. Uh, the last time we saw him fight was during the joust, and he was really unstoppable at the joust. So it was really cool to see uh, a woman come in and just knock him on his ass. Uh, and she is, Gwendolyn Christie is a very, very big woman um, and very, very strong. So it was awesome to kind of see that that twist on on knights and and warriors in this this universe we actually have a female uh character who is very very uh, skilled in battle and and very very um overpowering as far as physical presence so great great job by by uh Gwendolyn christie here in this scene i absolutely love her then we get the lord Greyjoy, uh theon's dad planning to screw the starks which um makes me hit the Greyjoys even more because if you're Fucking with the Starks, I automatically hate you because I'm full on Team Starks. Um, just Starks keep getting screwed and screwed and screwed on every corner of the map, and 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 it's heartbreaking because they like they didn't steal Theon. Like we get that backstory of Lord Droid just gave Theon to Ned. Um, so really, really uh, baffling that they would decide to go up against the Starks and. In a time of weakness for them. While they're battling the Lannisters. And we have to worry about the Baratheons. And now they have the Greyjoys. Coming up from behind them. Trying to stab them in the back. So, Really really hate the Greyjoys. Then we get Tyrion. Tricking the gran- Grand Grandmaster. I love this scene. It's really showing how smart and wise. Tyrion is like I said. uh During episode 2. He's really not fucking around. He's firing on all cylinders. He's trying to make the kingdom. A good place to live in. And so he starts to catch on with the Grand Maester and what Cersei's doing and starts to kinda trick everybody into screwing themselves over. So really, really awesome scene by Tyrion here. Then we get the Lannister men attacking Arya and the gang. I love this scene. Uh it's brutal as hell. Um the uh the Lannister soldiers are really really big bastards in this you know i know they're hired swords but they we get that one guy who um takes needle from uh aria and sticks it through that kid's neck like that's fucked up like that is a, a kid had to have been like 10 years old and he's getting stabbed in the neck by the lannister soldier it's just a truly brutal brutal scene so it always sticks with me uh whenever i rewatch this Favorite quote, we have uh, my son is fighting a war, not playing at one. This is from Catelyn Stark. I love this line. She she is awesome in, in the scenes that she's in. Um, really just sticking it to Sir Loras, who I honestly don't really care for. Um, he's not a huge, important character in this uh, series, um, but love it that Catelyn is kind of just sticking it to him. She, she doesn't care anymore. She she's just sick of all the bullshit and she's trying to keep her family together. So way to go, Catelyn Stark for just shoving it to Sir Lawrence. Uh, then we have a Tyrion. I don't like his beard. This is where he reveals to the grand maester that he's pulling a fast one on him and he's kind of fucking him with a little bit. So he's like sitting there. He's thinking, I don't like your beard. So he has Braun cut the guy's beard off with the scissors. And I just love that scene there. Um, one from Varys a very small man can cast a very large shadow this is of course referring to Tyrion which is true you know Tyrion is definitely making a name of himself as hand of the king he's firing on cylinders he's trying to do his best to uh preserve uh not just the Lannister family but the the seven kingdoms as well so really really awesome quote there to describe the 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 figure behind the crown, which is Tyrion. Then we have, we have this line from Hjorn, which is probably my favorite, uh, of the, of the episode. Those men out there want to fuck your corpses. I mean, he's not wrong. The, the Lannisters would probably fuck your dead corpse. Uh, just a great line there from Hjorn. And, and then we get the, my last quote here, maybe I'll pick my teeth with it. This is referring to um, Needle that was taken by the Lannister soldier, which I don't remember his name. He does come back eventually, and so does this line here, but he ends up on Arya's list that we find out that she's keeping a mental list that she says every night before she goes to bed um, of the people that she is going to kill because they wronged her and her family. So, great line there. Favorite character, again, it's got to be Tyrion Lannister. I mean, that scene with, The Grand Maester and him pulling a fast one on him and telling Bronn to to cut his beard off because he doesn't like it. Just terrific there from Peter Dinklage. I I, I love him so much. And then the least favorite character, it's got to be Lord Greyjoy. What a piece of shit uh, to stab the Starks in the back like that when they're busy fighting a war against the Lannisters and the Crown. So fuck that guy. Fuck the whole Greyjoy family. Don't like him. Moving on to episode four. Season four is titled Garden of Bones. Uh, we have standout scenes here. Joffrey humiliating Sansa in the throne room. I uh, gotta hate Joffrey. Fucking uh, low life piece of shit. Just humiliating Sansa um, in front of everyone. This is where I truly start to feel something for Sansa. Uh, like I said in previous episodes, I don't really care for her. She was kind of a spoiled and entitled Bratz, but now we're starting, now I'm starting to kind of um, feel for her and care for her safety as she's stuck here with the Lannisters and King's Landing, so fuck Joffrey to the end of the earth because he's just a real, real piece of shit that deserves to die, and eventually he does get what's coming to him, so really, really heartbreaking scene here to see one of the Starks uh, having to face these Lannisters. Uh, then we have another one with Joffrey. Joffrey plays with his name day gift from Tyrion. So, this scene here is really fucked. So, Tyrion talks to Braun uh, about trying to find figure out ways to make Joffrey a better king. While Braun, of course, comes with the idea of he needs to basically fuck his frustration out. So, he's clearly not having sex with Sansa. So let's give him a couple uh, girls from Bayliss's brothel to kind of set his mind straight. You know, he's he's backed up uh, kind of in the way that Braun says. So he needs to basically unload his frustration. Uh, unfortunately, this is not what Tyrion had in mind. And instead of Joffrey having sex with these women, he tortures them. Uh, and not just him. He has the one beat the other. Uh so first we start with spanking, then it moves on to the whip. And then he pulls out this fucking huge uh what would you call it? Not really a hammer, but this big ass uh stick with uh basically a club and she just goes to town on this poor girl while he sits there in his chair with a crossbow pointed at both of them Uh just just brutal. Um just it's such a heartbreaking scene to watch it's it's pretty tough uh luckily it's only a few minutes long but it's it's brutal as all hell it this is where i truly truly start to hate the joffrey character the dude is sick he is just a terrible human being and just needs to be put out of his misery uh just a horrifying scene to watch then we get the rat in the bucket trick at Heron hall um we probably seen this numerous times uh in movies and TV, but so at Harrenhal, so the Arya and the gang get captured by the Lannisters after they, they fight on the road. And then they're brought to this Aaron hall, which turns out to be led by Tywin uh, Ty Lannister. Um, they're kind of interrogating uh, all the people that they come across to you about the brotherhood. Uh, we'll find out about more about the brotherhood as the series goes on. Uh, they play a very, very important role down, down the line. But, uh, so, we get the bucket trick where they, they take the bucket, they put the rat in there, put it on your body, and then light the one in because, well, there's only one place the rat to go, and that is inside of you. Uh, so, brutal, brutal scene there. Uh, luckily, uh, when Gendry gets hooked up to this thing, he is saved by Tywin coming through the gates and stopping him. But, brutal, brutal scene as we see that one guy uh, get the old rat in the bucket trick on him. So, then we get Rob meets. Uh, talisa i think is how you say it uh she is the foreign beauty that is helping out the wounded after the battles um they play a she plays a very very important role in, in the second half of the season so getting this little meet cute was was awesome i mean i love the rob star character so him finally meeting a decent woman um is awesome but keep in mind that he has that pact with um, Oh, what's his name? Um, the guy from Harry Potter, uh, Lord Frey. So he has that pact with Lord Frey to marry one of his daughters. So just keep that in mind because this, this whole little meat cute will come back to haunt Rob Stark, unfortunately, in the end. And then we get the last scene of the episode, which is one of the scenes that have stuck out with me ever since I saw this season for the first time. This is Melisandre giving birth to the Shadow. She gives birth to a fucking shadow. That whole scene is wild. I mean, we have Davos, uh, who is sneaking her uh, underground in order to help Stannis beat Renly uh, on the battlefield. But we get that shot of her opening her robe, and she's pregnant, uh, which we can assume is Stannis's baby. Although they had sex not long ago, so clearly this is magic. But uh, instead of a baby popping out of that thing, it's a shadow crawling out, and it's a menacing, terrifying-looking shadow. Um, just a brutal, brutal scene to watch. It's, it's. I mean, it's incredibly well shot and made, and everyone involved was great. I mean, Davos and Melisandre acted their asses off in that scene. But what a fucking scene to watch this shadow crawl out of her her vagina i'm not going to mince words she is giving fucking birth to a shadow it's just it's baffling to watch so that was a great way to to end that episode um favorite quotes we have what kind of knight beats a helpless girl this is Tyrion uh talking about um sansa being beaten beaten the crap out of and stripped uh from her clothing in the middle of the throne room uh Again, Tyrion being the con uh, being the kind of the the con- conscience of the king. Th- um, just Peter Dinklage is so good. I love the character. Uh, you could tell that he is really trying to do everything the smart way and to kind of befriend Sansa in order to create this smooth uh, transition with the Starks. So at least somebody in King's Landing is trying to think with their head and not their cock. So. Awesome, awesome job by Tyrion there. Then we have The King Shall Do What He Likes. This is from Joffrey, of course, because who else would, would shout this out like a little child? Uh, another great reason to hate the Joffrey character, but Jack Leeson's so good uh, in portraying this this character, so well done by him. This one's from Bron. Uh There's no cure for being a cunt. Uh, again... Braun just saying how it is i love the guy uh one of my favorite characters definitely in this series so of course referring to the king um and the fact that he calls joffrey a cunt in front of his uncle is 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 insane the the guy has no filter he doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks about him he's he's gonna tell you how he feels and he feels like the king is a cunt so that's awesome and then the last one i have is from renly uh saying i loved him once Really showing that um, he did one day love his brothers. Um, Even though Stannis is kind of an asshole, he really feels sorry that their relationship has has come to this. They're going to fight each other on the battlefield for a crown. So really awesome to see that that side of Renly. We don't get a whole lot of Renly in this series. So these great moments here are awesome. Favorite character? Got to be Catelyn Stark. Um, I love her. She's, she's just terrific. Um, I love her, how she kind of creates this bond with, with, uh, Brianne. Um, and then we, she, her interactions with the, the, uh, oh, what the, I can't remember their house name. It's, uh, Sir Lawrence and his sister, um, their, their, their family name, I don't remember their name, but. I love her here in uh, Renly's camp. Uh, just being an awesome, awesome character. Least favorite character? It's gotta be Joffrey again. I mean, he's he's ordering the knights uh, to beat Sansa in the middle of the throne room. I mean, and then we get that scene of him horribly torturing the, the two girls from Bayliss's brothel. So, definitely, definitely least favorite character in this episode, this season, and the show. Just like Braun said, he's a fucking cunt, and he will always be a fucking cunt. So, definitely his favorite character. Then, moving on to the last episode is episode five. So, episode five is titled "The Ghost of Harrenhal." Um, first thing I have written down is Renly is killed by the shadow. Uh, this, of course, is the shadow that Melisandre gave birth in the in the in the cave there. Um, it looks a lot like Stannis. Um, that'll get mentioned. Uh, eventually, but basically Stannis has his brother killed instead of facing him on the battle. So brutal, brutal scene there. Um, unfortunately, Brienne is marked as a traitor uh, because the the uh, Runleys' men are convinced that Brienne is the murderer. So she runs off with uh, Catelyn Stark in order to um, kind of clear her name down the line, but uh, awesome scene there. Then we have Arya making a pact with Jaka, I think his name is. He is one of the three men that she encountered on the road that were hooked up in that cage uh, when she was with Yorin, the Night's Watch recruiter. Um, awesome scene there. Their their relationship uh, will be very, very important throughout the seasons. Uh, so really cool to see how their their relationship starts here in this first scene. Then we have Braun is skeptical about the wildfire plan. I love this scene. This is probably my favorite scene of the episode. Uh he's him and Tyrion discovered Cersei's plan to use wildfire against Danis's army. Wildfire, if you don't know, is this unstoppable fire. Um, nothing can stop it. Uh you pour water on it, you pour oil or whatever, it's just gonna get bigger. Um, it's indestructible. So right off the bat, Bronn's kind of skeptical about it. He's like This is really dangerous stuff. Um, I wouldn't trust anybody holding this. I mean, you have... During a battle, you have guys who are nervous, who are pissing their pants, who are shooting their pants. What if they drop one of these jars and half of King's Landing gets fucking destroyed because of one idiot can't hold his shit together? And so... And then Tyrion's kind of like, wow, Bronn makes a really good point there. should probably not have Cersei be in charge of this. I'm going to be in charge of it. So... um awesome scene there i love how braun is not just the muscle he is brains a lot of time you know he's he's really counseling Tyrion on the reality of battle and war and in humanity as a whole like he has no trust in people and rightfully so i mean he's got a good point like you have all these jars of wildfire and you have these soldiers who like what if what if the wrong person has that jar what if it's a a kid who has seen his first time in battle he's nervous he's scared he's pissing his pants and he drops one of those or you or something happens with the catapult and it malfunctions and wildfire is just letting loose in King's Landing then you you're killing everybody uh because of a mistake so awesome awesome job by by Bron here being the voice of reason uh with this very very risky plan with wildfire then we get Daenerys uh, meeting the warlock of karth uh w- the warlock is one of the the 13 as they call him uh i love the design of karth uh very very um uh, beautiful um you get the stones and the statue and the gold you get the costumes the beautiful costumes that that are that they're wearing um the warlock is a very very strange character he'll pop up eventually uh throughout the season and in the, the next season i think um, I can't remember for sure how many episodes he is in, but he is a he has this trick of basically copying himself. You know, we get that shot of him speaking, and then we jump to he having a clone who is speaking as well. So really, getting um, some magic uh, into this universe. So really, really awesome there. Then the last one I have is Jaka killing the execution of Harrenhal. Brutal scene. We get that shot of the body on the ground, and it looks like J- Jaka turned his freaking head around. Uh, so and you can see the the neck bone popping out of there. Uh, it was just a brutal, brutal sight. Uh, very, very well done by by the choreography and the and the in uh, the makeup and all that. So well done. A uh, few quotes here that stand out to me. Even torturing you is boring. This is Tyrion talking to. Uh, the the Lannister cousin in his little uh, carriage thing. Uh, Tyrion again, just firing on all cylinders, saying it how he is. Uh, I just love him so much. Uh, then we have one from Sam. I read it in a book. This is kind of his catchphrase. Uh, every time he says some words of wisdom, he's like, I read it in a book, or I read it in a book, or I saw it on a parchment paper. Uh, it's just... It's awesome trying to discovering the the, these characters like signature lines and this of course is sam's signature line of him really showing how much knowledge he has gotten from reading books so awesome there i only want to see you on the iron throne this is uh jorah talking to daenerys and karth this is a really really interesting relationship between jorah and daenerys uh Clearly, Jorah is in love with Daenerys, even though he denies it, and so does Daenerys. Uh, but deep down, they both know that Jorah is madly in love with Daenerys. Uh, he not only wants to see her on the throne, but he wants to be next to her on the throne. He wants to marry her. He wants to create something with her, uh, which is understandable. I mean, Daenerys is a beautiful woman. She's powerful. She's high born, She's smart. She's caring. I mean, what's not to love? So... I mean, if I was in Jorah's situation, I would, of course, be in love with Daenerys. But Daenerys, unfortunately, does not see the same way for Jorah. So it's kind of awkward. uh, But I love how he's so devoted to her, willing to die for her. Uh, Just a great job there. And then the last one I have is, I hope you make a better ranger than steward. This is Lord Commander Mormont talking to John as they come across some, wild, some wildlings on their journeys beyond the wall. I love this scene because um, we really get to see John kind of step up. You know, he's never been a fan of being a steward, even though Sam has tried to convince him that being a steward under Lord Mormont is a good thing. But uh, he is stubborn as hell and wants to become a ranger still. So. We get this line from Mormont of kind of treating him like a child because he's acting like a child. So really, really well done by Lord Mormont here. Favorite character, it's got to be Daenerys. I mean, she looks freaking awesome. Uh, she's very powerful, very um, lovable, uh, beautiful as ever. Uh, I mean, I love the shot of her in that bright blue dress uh, at the little party in Carth. Uh, I love that little scene where she finds the Dothraki trying to steal the uh, steal the gold statues uh, from the from Karth, and she's kind of like, "Hey, we're the guests here. Quit fucking around. You know, act normally." Um, so, just a great job by Daenerys. Absolutely love her. Uh, and then, the least favorite character, probably the richest man in Karth. I don't remember his name. He is the guy that uh, cuts his hand at the at the gate and allows Daenerys and the Dothraki to come in as his guests, uh, he's basically trying to bribe Daenerys into marrying him, uh, making him a real piece of shit in my mind, um, he thinks that money will buy him power, will buy him a wife, will buy him children, will buy him a kingdom, uh, fuck that guy, um, I'm so glad that Daenerys kind of tells him to fuck off, uh, so definitely least favorite character in this episode, um, kind of a forgetful character as well he only pops up in this season i believe uh a few times so truly truly forgettable character that i never did like uh so that that is the first five episodes of season two um i'm really really excited about the rest of the season two uh the episodes six to ten really have some awesome moments up, uh, particularly one of them uh the infamous red wedding scene um so I'll have a lot to talk about uh, on next week's episode for that, but uh, I'm excited for uh, continuing our journey through Westeros with these uh, with these seasons. So, well, that'll do it for this week's Game of Thrones episode. Like I said, join me next week for my breakdown of episodes six to ten of season two. This includes the famous red wedding episode so i'm super super excited about that also check out new release reactions every week uh next week i'll be um reacting to m night Shyamalan's newest film uh knock at the cabin uh which uh came out yesterday in theaters so be on the look for that um, super excited to jump back into the Shyamalan's world but uh with that later everyone